am I Reister or am I wrong? So broadcasted earlier today, had a little audio issue, so had to do it again. Um, the college football polls are so unbelievable at times. I need an AP vote. I need you guys to tell me what I need to do. If anybody knows what the criteria is, let me know. I will be doing everything just to balance out what the hell is going on with the voting. Um, all this talk, though, about athletic departments losing money with the pandemic and coaches being fired. Yeah, it's a bunch of lip service. They're paying all these buyouts. A lot of black coaches being fired. But will they be rehired is the question. Where is the Pac-12's Greg Sankey or even their Kevin Warren as Pac-12 commissioner? One game got canceled. Washington versus Oregon and the conference ends up with egg on its face again with how it's handling the Pac-12 championship. Myocarditis. It is just as real today as it was when months ago when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were shut down. The fears are real. Um, and of course, my parting shot. Am I right, sir, or am I wrong? Is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Daily fire on Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door before you even show up. No BS is allowed because I keep it 100. And make sure, of course, to listen to me on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius 82, 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Uh, but we're going to start today with the college football polls. These things are absolutely unbelievable at times. Yes, the college football playoff at times, but the AP poll. Like it's bizarre every week. There's some strange doing, but this week, the, the two prime examples of bias in the polls, because I've already talked about how they hate the PAC 12, all of this. And they talked about, Oh, it's the amount of games they play. Yeah. But they love Ohio state for some reason. Hmm. Wonder why, but Florida, they lost to a terrible LSU team. LSU is hot garbage this year. Three and five coming in, lost to even Mississippi State. This is not a good football team. Historically bad defense. Florida loses, falls five spots in the poll. No big deal, right? No big deal. They fall five, five spots. All right. Then you have Miami. Granted, Miami did get blown out, but they Miami at least lost to a ranked team. They were number 17 in the country, North Carolina. And yes, they got beat pretty badly, but you know what? They fall 10 spots in the polls. Yeah. Had that happened to Georgia? Mm, nope. No big deal. Georgia got spanked in their two losses. Absolutely boat raced against Florida and against Alabama. Yep. Still a top 10 team. No problem. Recruiting rankings matter. They act like it doesn't. It's teams that they expect to be at the top. So those teams take less of a hit because they say, oh, it's still a good team. No, it's not. They lost. Let the results on the field speak for what's going on. Um, There's a lot of there's been a lot of talk all year about playing football. We have to play football. All of this because these athletic departments, they're going to lose 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, 50 million in revenue. We have to play ball. Uh, we're going to furlough some of our workers. Everybody needs to take pay cuts. All of this. Okay. You could get people on board with that. But then you go firing coaches. Paying Gus Malzahn over $20 million at Auburn. 
Illinois firing their coach. You got Utah State, Kevin Sumlin at Arizona getting fired, Derek Mason, all these coaches being fired. There are many more as well getting fired. But I thought the, the money mattered so much. I thought it did, right? No, it's convenient. And they don't want you to hear this. It's convenient. Oh, we have to cut, we have to cut sports. We have to cut these, these women's sports. We have to cut track. We have to cut wrestling. No, it was convenient. They wanted to do that. They want to focus on football. Granted, I've always said you do take care of your moneymaker, but cut the crap. We're not sitting here listening to the fact that this is some sort of um that this is a big deal. That 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 we're supposed to feel sorry for you. No, the college football put itself in this position by not being a good steward of its money throughout the whole, throughout the last 10 years, especially athletic departments generating hundreds of millions of dollars, but you're not allowed to save any. If, if you ran your house like that, or I ran my house like that and we went bankrupt, what would people say? Huh? Hey man, you got to make better choices. You have to make better decisions. But instead, of course, we put it on the kids and say the kids are responsible for making money for everybody else. That's the way we do it. That's the American way. Man, get out of here. But the question, though, is about these coaches, because I've been one who who wants more minority uh, coaches hired because it doesn't make sense that the majority of the players are black, especially in the NFL. But then you can't some kind of way like there's a reason why there aren't more minority head coaches. Not even going to necessarily get into all those reasons because there are a bunch. But they'll tell you that there aren't enough minority candidates and people will tell you, oh, well, th- this guy was terrible. Yes. Kevin Sumlin, nine and 20 at Arizona, 12 straight losses, 70 and se- lost 70 to seven against Arizona State this weekend. Should you fire him? Yeah, probably. I'm talking about in a normal non-pandemic year, all of that. Should you fire him? Absolutely. Uh, Derek Mason at Vandy. Think he's two and fifty-five. Can you fire him? Yeah, makes sense. Gus, my um, Lovey Smith at Illinois. Hmm. Six and seven last year was an improvement, but this year kind of underachieved. Can you fire him? Okay, I can make sense of all that. But the question is, will they be recycled, and will you be able to find some other minority uh, head coaching candidates? during some of these searches because they'll tell you that there's not enough but truth is that there isn't a criteria for a head coach they've hired everybody from wide receiver coaches special teams coaches offensive coordinators defensive coordinators there is no actual stepping stone to being a coach there is no okay well if you do this like it's not like being a doctor where it says if you go to your undergrad then go to med school then do your residency, all of that, then you can be a practicing doctor. There's none of that. You just kind of go arbitrarily and then people say, oh, I think he's a good fit. I think he's got the right stuff. He's got the it factor. And a lot of these head coaches now come from the offensive side of the room. So there is a school of thought that says, all right, especially with minority head coaches, that from the offensive side of the ball, that there haven't been I mean, if you really think about it, it's only been really a solid 10 years that that black uh, quarterbacks have been getting a fair shot, whether it's 
in the NFL, college, I'm talking about where you have guys who aren't just, he's a running quarterback, Woodrow Danzler. You know what I mean? Like a guy who is considered a passing quarterback. Like a, and, but you do have that in the NFL now. So guys like Byron Leftwich, who got drafted with me in 03, that's not the norm. But now he's translating to an offensive coordinator and probably will be a head coach soon. Eric Bieniemy. So that's the way those things kind of work, even though he was a running back. But still, those things should kind of trickle down, right? But you have to have people willing to go look for them and being willing to say, all right, I don't necessarily understand this guy in terms of because people hire people who they can kind of relate to, who they can kind of understand, who they say, oh, I come from a similar background. But when you have so many administrators and all that that don't look like them or come from the same shared experience, then that creates a uh, problem with hiring. So there's the question there. Um, Question about the Pac-12, though. Where is the Pac-12's Greg Sankey? Where is the Pac-12's Kevin Warren from the Big Ten? Where is the Pac-12's version of that? Because... The Pac-12 absolutely bungled how it handled the Washington versus Oregon cancellation with the Pac-12 championship game. So Washington canceled Oregon last week. It was very clear from everybody in the media, people reporting on Washington, that they were going to be short, uh, that they were short for Oregon and that they could possibility, possibly be out of the Pac-12 championship. Mind you, Washington backed into the Pac-12 championship, but they were the Pac-12 North champions. They only played two Pac-12 North games, went one and one, played all their games at home, all of that. But still, mathematically, they were they were in. But the problem was is that the conference put out a schedule on Sunday for week seven, put out a schedule not knowing whether Washington could compete or not. They had Washington at SC, Friday night at five Saturday, they had Washington state at Utah, Stanford at UCLA, Oregon at Colorado on Saturday at 6 PM. The conference championship game is at 5 PM on Friday. And then Arizona state at Oregon state at seven 30 on Saturday in Arizona at Cal to be determined. This makes no sense. Absolutely no sense at all. And the conference didn't even give Washington a drop dead date games on Friday this is Monday this is a, actually a Tuesday for game preparation this is where the Greg Sankey and the SEC the Big Ten would never under any circumstances do this to their best teams even the ACC commissioner he cleared the way for uh, Notre Dame and Clemson didn't even play this last week where they could be ready for the conference championship game and put on a good performance nobody injured same thing with the SEC. SEC would never under any circumstances put an undefeated team in a bad situation. USC is the, the conference's only hope to make, a, a, uh, to make the college football playoff. It's a long shot. Chaos has happened before. People have snuck in like Ohio State in 2014 or 15. Come on, man. Like The conference, you are supposed to protect your teams that are doing well. Instead, the co- the conference continuously plays for parity. It's stupid. Like, it's just no big picture for it. Thank God Washington with Jimmy Lake and Jill Cohen, 
who are the the AD and head coach and whoever else, the chancellor, president, whoever was in charge of the decision, made a quality decision. They said today, you know what? We can't play. We have no offensive linemen. We're not even gonna we're not even gonna keep this charade going. So I appreciated that because some, somebody had to be the adult in the room. Pac-12 just passed the buck. Ah, whatever. Case sarah, sarah. Whatever shall be, shall be. That is a bad way to try to play football and to get your conference respected. It's absolutely stupid. Just, oh man, just, I don't understand. I don't understand what the leadership in the conference is doing a lot of times because you want to be taken seriously, but then you do things that don't let you taken seriously. We've talked about their officials. We've talked about, um, all of that, it's just consistently over and over again, Larry Scott needs to go. Myocarditis. The thing that actually caused the Big Ten and Pac-12 to be shut down. It's just as real now as it was when they were considering shutting down in August, September, all the time. And if you don't know what it is, look it up. But it, to, in layman's terms, in short terms, it is basically an enlargement of the heart muscle. And then that can create cardiac arrest when when there is some sort of uh, excessive activity and all of that. It can happen. So myocarditis can develop, especially in black men, without the presence of coronavirus. However, coronavirus can also lead to more cases of myocarditis and you had all these people consistently talk about well these kids are safer they're more likely to get struck by lightning than die from covid or this or that yes all those statistics are right but there are more negative outcomes than just death or negative outcomes that can lead to other <laughs> to other outcomes that result in death and myocarditis is one of them and people say oh there haven't been any cases yes there have yes there have been cases in uh, ben Benefka's Portugal team, Demi Washington, women's basketball player at Vanderbilt, Al Blades, former NFL player's son at Miami, and Miami tried to keep them from reporting it. There have been other cases at other schools of myocarditis. They're just not reporting it out loud because the machine wants its money. The machine wants its money. The college football NCAA machine. And uh, look at what happened at Florida with the kid Keontae Johnson. Last thing I read, he was in a medically induced coma, but then they were going to take him off today. He was responding to simple commands, but he was in critical condition. And critical condition, just so we know, is defined by the American Hospital Association as, um, as, Vital signs that are unstable and not within normal limits. Patient may be unconscious. Indicators are unfavorable. So I don't know if the kid had myocarditis, but he did have COVID earlier in the year. And here's the thing I was going to say is that each school's risk tolerance for something like this happening is zero. It's zero. No school can have a negative outcome like this. They can't afford it. They will be sued. There will be stoppages, all sorts of things. But overall, if one kid dies in college sports, two kids, then you can say, well, 99.9% of them survived. This was the right thing to do. 
overall. Like people can justify that. But each school can't have anything happen. So while 99.9 or 99.7, whatever, would be a great number, it also is bad for wherever that one or two or wherever cases is. And the schools can't afford that. So that's a really bad situation. And I know that I've been a proponent of in the beginning of the pandemic, then all transparency, I was like, why are we trying to do this? If myocarditis is present, if we don't have daily testing um, and isolation and then mandatory cardiac uh, cardiovascular testing, heart, lungs, brain, all of that testing after to make sure that athletes are healthy, because if you get myocarditis, you're supposed to be out at least three months to let the swelling go down and get healed and all of that at least three months. So I was uh, okay with playing as long as those things were in place, but you have so many people because the kids do want to play. They want to play, but there has to be an adult in the room and say, ah, nah, this, this ain't the right, right move. You can't play yet. So I get it, but we have to value human life above playing, playing ball. That's where I'm at on it. That's where I've been on it. I noticed some people will tell you, oh, well, the the percentages are so low. Yeah, but somebody's got to be in the low percentage. It's easy to send somebody else's kid out into those situations. Uh, Last thing up is my parting shot. So you have Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, quarterback for the Eagles. He started this week. After the game, he stuck his tongue out and put his hand to the side like that above his head. That cues do not get upset with me. I was showing people what to do, what what happened. Um, people thought he was sticking his tongue out. They were article would come out. Oh, he's channeling his inner Gene Simmons. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He might like Kiss. He might like Gene Simmons. But no, this is where I think sometimes we go wrong in this country. Is we have. Like with with racism, sometimes we think racism is presented because this is just what somebody believes in all of it. But a lot of times it's based upon ignorance. People don't know there are geographic differences. There are um, religious differences, uh, people that you're around. And this is a case here. These people who said this with Gene Simmons, they just clearly had zero clue what this was about. They didn't know that he was a member of uh, Omega Phi, Omega Sci-Fi fraternity. They didn't know he was a Q dog, and that's what they do. They stomp to Atomic Dog and all of that. So that's what it got me to thinking. I was like, wow, this is how miscommunications happen. Some people who grew up in one place saw one thing their whole life. They think that this is what this is about. It's not. It's about something totally different. So have grace and compassion for people and be willing to learn as well because your way ain't always the right way. Am I Reister or am I wrong? I'm probably Reister, but if not, absolutely leave a comment. Peace out. Catch you guys next episode.